Hello and welcome to Checkside Chat, Sample's news and profile podcast. I'm Zach Milbank, Sample Media Producer, and on today's episode, we undertake an in-depth review of the Torrens University SA Under-18 team's campaign at the National Championships with Coach Tony Bamford. And we also catch up with one of the Crow Eaters' stars of the National Champs in Sid Draper, who made his Host Plus Sample League debut on Saturday at the age of 17. Well, Bangers, um, how would you assess the 2023 campaign for the Torrance University SA Under-18 team? Uh, hectic's the first word yeah. that comes to mind. It was <laughs> over as quick as it started. Um, so a really quick, I think it was nine and a half, 12-week program, sorry, 10-week program um, this year, which is slightly different to past years where we've um, had a fixture in the Nationals that saw us have at least one or two weeks off in the middle, uh, which dragged the games out over five or six weeks. But this year our um, our schedule saw us play four games consecutive weekends, which is a bit unusual, but it was, yeah, uh, over a lot quicker than what we uh, are used to. But um, overall we were you know, probably a little bit disappointed uh, having only won one game and not that winning's uh, the most important thing. It's... Um, Certainly what the players want to do. We, we thought we were good enough to win two out of four. Um, and the Allies game, funnily enough, the Allies uh, the best team in, mm. in in the comp this year and um, probably the best of all. People are saying that it's the best Allies team they've ever seen in the years that Allies have been involved. That was the game we probably could have won yeah. at, at the start, um, having a really slow start to the game and then playing some really exceptional football in the second half and only going down by 19 points. But... Um, so yeah, two and two would have been a bit more enjoyable than, um, the big country sole win, but, uh, it is what it is. And, um, you know, the main, the main point is we, we give guys an opportunity to, um, showcase their skills at national level, which is what it's all about. Some players, um, meet the standards that we sort of anticipate. Some players rise above those standards and, and as always, there's always a couple of players who are a little bit disappointed with their performance in those four games overall. Um, it's no different to any other year, but yeah, done and dusted now and um, uh, already doing some planning for next year. Because it's hard to judge from year on year, isn't it? Because you can come into the <coughs> carnival thinking you've got a whiz-bang side and then you come up and the other states might be having their best year in their cycle as well. And we saw that with the Allies, as you touched on there. They went on to win their first uh, AFL National Champs in Div 1, which was a great effort by them. But it needs to be understood they've got 10 players in the AFL Academy, which is an incredible number. Yeah, I mean, it's great for the developing states and mm. particularly the Suns have got some rippers and um, they'll certainly have to work hard to get all those players in in one draft. Yeah. Um but you know it happens in cycles, and yeah, we don't you don't really know um, from year to year how the other states are going to present. You can always sort of look at your squad in comparison to what you've seen in the past years, and, and we certainly did that as a as a selection group and and the state talent group and as a whole. And um, we were pretty confident that we had some good players across all lines um, on the oval. Certainly nowhere near as tall as last year's group, mm. um, and the body shape overall of our lads. This year, in comparison, particularly when we lined up against the Allies boys, boy, they were, they're, they're huge men. Um, so it was a bit of a reality check for some of our players to realise how much work they've got to do in terms of their athletic development and size and shape and strength. So 
Um, we certainly saw that in a couple of the games this year from our boys, but um, it'll be different next year again. It'll yeah. be a new cycle, and that's probably that's the exciting thing about it. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a little bit, but um, game three against Vic Country, certainly the big positive to take out of the, the carnival. It was a really polished display, and the boys, uh, well, a lot of them, showed what they can do. Yeah, it was great. Um, a really, really good response by the players um, because we were extremely disappointed with our result and our effort against Vic Metro the week before, which was our last chance to play in front of our family and friends here at home mm. in, in in Adelaide. And um, we sort of all had a bit of a reality check post-game on that one and then refocused our direction on what's controllable in the next two games. And it was actually pretty good timing for us to get away and travel into state um, okay. as, a, as a team for that game. And, yeah, like you mentioned, the players certainly delivered um, at Icon Stadium or Icon Oval um, over in Melbourne against who were supposed to be a really talented um, big country team. Yeah, We sort of faced the similar challenges around body size and shape like we did uh, in the Allies game. They were certainly bigger, mm. heavier, taller than us. But, um, yeah, for, for our, our midfield, Renat were able in that game to give us enough supply ahead of the, ahead of the ball and our forwards just went to work. Um, Welsh and Delane um, and those other guys had a – had a, had a day out, which, you know, saw us have a good win. So it would have been easy for them to go into their shell and almost wilt, given that I think it was, <laughs> what, Harley Reid kicked the first three goals yeah. of the game and everyone's <laughs> probably thinking, including you guys in the box, hello, what's going on here? Yeah, well, I was down on the I, – I coached from the from down the boundary line that day and um, the other guys were up in the box and we sort of um, – when you play in national games, you're aware of the other players, but you certainly don't – concoct a plan against other teams. He just let them play. But there was a lot of talk, obviously, around Harley Reid and how good he is. Not seen it firsthand um, through the AFL program in 17s last year. You can't plan for where he's going to play because he's <laughs> he's played back, he's played mid, he's played forward. Um, and on this day, we just said to Alex Holt, look, if he, if he ends up playing forward, he did such a good job playing on um, on Nick Watson for the Metro why don't you try and um, get two scalps and, and play on Harley as a forward? And, and Halty was up for that challenge. Um, um, but unfortunately for Alex and f- unfortunately for us, Harley had kicked three goals in the first <laughs> 10 minutes or so. And to, in, in Halty's defence, one of those certainly wasn't his uh, uh, wrongdoing. Um, so then we sort of had a chat mid-quarter about how do we how do we stem the bleeding here and sort of um, – stop this from getting out of hand and um yeah we just decided to try a different matchup and um Bodie Ryan had had a really good week of training that week leading into that Vic Country game and and our focus for Bodie Ryan past Vic Metro was on focusing more around beating a direct opponent before he his offense games to the offense comes to the fore which is you know Bodie's been renowned for what he can do ball in hand but mm. Anyway, this training week, we, we made a strong emphasis on Bodie to really get it done one-on-one and see where that takes him in the game. So we thought, oh, it's a good chance for him. And the boys upstairs, Ben Nelson and Maddie Loken, sort of said, well, let's go with let's go with Bodie and see how he goes. And Bodie went back and, yeah, did an exceptional job on um, on Harley Reid. And in the end, uh, Vic Country moved him uh, into the midfield in the last quarter. And, yeah, Bodie did the job. Yeah, he had an exceptional end to the carnival, Bodie, didn't he? Because he ended up getting best player against the Sand Gropers in Game Four too. Yeah, he's um, 
I think game one was okay. Game two sort of got touched up a little bit. Game three, he was exceptional and voted as our best player. And um, game four, he was in our in our best six as well. He's playing a very similar role, um, playing deep defence one on one. And um, in that big, sorry, in that WA game over in Perth, we were our boys were pretty cooked by that time. A six day break after four, mm. after three national games wasn't ideal. Um, and the ball, our mids were trying their hardest, but the opposition were just too good for us. And and the backs were under the pump and. And Bodie on that day were, was able to do what he did against Harley and win some critical one-on-ones in fast opposition, fast play, and um, and get a turnover or a restart for us. So yeah, he, he did finish the the champs really well, and I've no doubt now that he's elevated. He, he's um, he's standing within the whole national talent pool. Cousins with Jacob Ryan, who drafted by Collingwood, and uh, very similar traits. Yeah, they are, and um, I, I lost count of how many times I called. Bodie J- Jacob during <laughs> during the um, the champs have become a bit of a running joke between Bodie and myself, but um, they look similar. They play similar. Jacob probably a little bit taller than what Bodie is at the moment, but um, yeah, both exciting intercept defenders who can play high. And, and now we know Bodie can go deep and and um, and get it done against an opponent close to goal. So that's going to really help him. Uh, as I said, um, come national draft. Uh- the big story to come out of the Vic Country win was obviously Tyler Welsh kicking the bag of five goals. Uh, it was an incredible performance from someone who's an underager and uh, he's already quite well built physically. Just tell us a little bit more about him. Oh, yes. He had a really good under-16 last year carnival and um, was named as one of the All-Australians in, in, in his under-16 year. He's had a an injury-interrupted pre-season um, with the Eagles and had some lower back stress, stress, stress bone issues, um, sort of early this year, which saw him have to sit out of any activity for a period of time. And then he had to basically restart his preseason and, and, um, and get his body ready to, for, for match conditioning and match games, um, later than everyone else. And he didn't play, I'm thinking now, maybe the first five or six weeks of the season, mm. maybe even more, um, we we're always going to pick him in the squad because of what he'd done as a under sixteen, and just the potential that we can all see. Um, I what I deliberately went and watched him play two games um, during our champs when we, he didn't get picked in for games one and two, and he was okay without setting the world on fire. Um, but after after that Vic Metro game and um, travelling interstate, we thought it'd be a good time to give a bottom major two games to finish the program and. So he came in and um, yeah, he just went to went to town. He he got great service by our midfield. He had um, strong support ahead of the ball with um, with Ash Moyer up there as well and Jack Delane um, and Paddy Weckett. So now it's a good day for for Tyler and um, hopefully he's got a few more of those in him as an under eighteen. What's he like as a kid? Ripping kid. Um, yeah, he's got a good sense of humour. Um, lovable. Everyone's like a big soft teddy bear, really. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, a very likable lad. He's, uh, he's going to have to sort of, um, become a little bit more professional as he approaches his football and his draft year, which is, you know, you could probably say that for all the players who was 17. Um, but he's got a lot of support around him. He's doing some work with the Crows and as a father son there, and he's at a, he's at a great club in the Eagles who will, they'll do everything they can to support his journey. Jack Deline jumped up and kicked four in that game as well. It was nice to see him hit the scoreboard and Ash Moyer did some really nice things as well. Yeah, all forwards were good that day. And, and I mean, 
Tyler and Jack were the two that got the reward in terms of goals, but they worked together really, really well. Um, and Jack did what Jack does is, um, you know, he just only needs four or five opportunities mm-hmm. and he can hit the scoreboard um, where most others probably couldn't get it done. He, he played forward again. The thing that we loved most about Jack's game in, on this particular day is that it didn't it didn't just all revolve around offense. There was, um, whereas the game before against the Allies, sorry, the two games before against the Allies in the second half when he went to work, um, it was all offense and okay. just X factor stuff, which you know is good. It's good to have, but you can't you can't base your game just on on one aspect of the play. Um, whereas in the Vic Country game, we was able to impact on our team defense and get up the ground and block the inside lane from the opposition and and also defend hard forward 50 when he needed to and chase down tackles and pressure, et cetera. And that allowed him to get um, four goals. So it was a much better, well-rounded game for Jack in game three. We spoke about Tyler Welsh performing so well as an underager. I think there were about six or seven in uh, the back end of the tournament, which is exciting for the future. But uh, someone who was there right from the start and the whole way through and Pretty much our Mr. Consistent across all four games was Sid Draper. He had a tremendous carnival through the midfield, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And and um, it's great for, for Sid and what everyone who's seen um, Sid play and been involved in, in him in the talent pathway knows what a special player he is. We didn't honestly expect, well, I can't, I can only speak for myself, but I didn't expect him to play at the level he, he did this year, um, which is a credit to him and... Mm. Probably a little bit of a reflection on on our midfield as well. We just didn't have enough depth through the midfield group this year to um to win enough football to give our forwards a chance and and help protect our our back six a little bit. But yeah, he was um yeah he was exceptional and very very important. He and he and Kay McCall have pretty much carried our midfield. Uh, there were other players who come in and out and did did some nice cameo roles, but those two guys were. Uh, those two guys were our mainstays and left to do a lot of work. And in the end, it, um, you know, Kane was absolutely cooked by the last mm-hmm. game and just <laughs> run on the spot a bit, but he um, refused to surrender, which was, mm-hmm. you know, typical of Kane. And, and, and you could tell that Sid was getting a bit tired towards the end as well. So both those players were exceptional throughout all four games. How would you describe Sid as a player? And uh, were you surprised by <laughs> uh, him making his league debut on the weekend? Um, how do I would describe him is, um, he's a very focused young man. He, it's, he cannot help but make comparisons to his older brother, Arlo, who I, I know quite well and have coached mm. before. Um, much more focused and goal driven than what Arlo was at the same age. And that's not a knock on Arlo, just different individuals. And, um, Sid was very, very focused, always one of the first to book in for game reviews with me post-game, to sit through his edits, very professional. Um, he appears to be at this stage to be a young man who's got a good head on his shoulders, who who can sort of eliminate some of the white noise um, and just focus on what he can control, which is going to be, mm. it's going to be a really, really challenge, big challenge for him now, given um what he's done this year and having you, and you said playing league football, there's going to be a lot of things written, said and discussed about him as a footballer. And I just hope that, um, you know, that outside noise doesn't impact in a negative way on what he can do on the field. Um, but like I said before, um, it, with, uh, um, he's got great support, great parents, great support at South Adelaide. And, um, he's going to have some really good mentors down there to help him through the next 12 months of his journey. What about his league debut? 
17 years of yeah. age. No, it didn't surprise me, um, to be honest. Like, it was great, great reward. Mm. But if it, if you asked me, did it surprise me, I'd have to say no. Like mm. his champs suggested he was our best player. So mm. um, quite often post-nationals, the, the players who perform well um, in the nationals get a chance to elevate into Sanford League. It's not new. It's been happening for years. Yeah. It's one of the best parts about our competition. Um, so no, I wasn't surprised and I was just really, really pleased for the young man. He was pretty excited about um, about the, the aspect of playing league football and um, to hear, hear it get announced to him by his brother Arlo was okay. really special. So it was a good moment. So did you speak to him before his league debut? Or? We had a yeah. we had a little discussion post nationals about what it might look like, and there was already some mm. talk there um, between South Adelaide and, and just what they were planning to do with Sid. And um, while I didn't know directly it was going to happen that game, I was um, pretty confident it would happen in, in the next few weeks. And yeah, yeah. it happened um, one game back. Yeah, terrific stuff. And um, I know I always ask you about uh, a roughie or someone who's come up and, and sprung to mind, but I was going to mention one that I liked. Uh, hadn't seen much of him before the champs, but uh, was really impressed by some of the attributes he's got and, some of the, and the way he went about it, and that was Taylor Goad in the ruck. Um, he, he's an exciting prospect. Uh, yeah, it's hard to miss. <laughs> 207 and runs... <laughs> 20 metres, the fastest of any 18-year-old uh, in South Australia, so he's, he stands out a bit. Um, I really enjoyed coaching Taylor. He's, he's a um, what I would call a curious player, so okay. always asking questions and looking for clarifications and, and wanted to really know exactly what the coaching point was before the, ex- the meeting was over, and that's going to be a really good skill for him. Um, if he's if he's given an opportunity to go into AFL level because it'll be so much for him to learn. He's very, very raw. He understands that. Mm. Um, he knows he's got lots of little um, aspects of his the ruck craft that he's going to have to fine-tune and get better. And um, He's done a little bit of work with Scotty Lysett during our program and I'm hoping that he'll be able to continue his ruck craft back at South Adelaide for the rest of the year and um, keep his body sound because he'll test really well. If he gets a chance to to test at national level, he'll stand out mm-hmm. and he'll go really well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he was it was pleasing that we had um, a tall player who'd been late into the pathway. He had never played Sandville football before this year. Jeez. Um, yeah. So it was it's a good story, and I'm um, I hope it's not over yet. Which sport did he play? Bas- for basketball? Yeah, yeah. Bas- basketball, Westminster Westminster College, mm-hmm. um, but a basketball background and. Um, Mark Clayton and South Adelaide have been trying to get him out for a, a good year and a half, and um, yeah, he finally agreed to come out <laughs> late last year and did some preseason. And um, yeah, I remember Mark ringing me late last year. We were very excited <laughs> about Taylor, and I went and watched him train and play pre Christmas last year. And I left no longer with a big smile on my face. As yeah, well. right. Yeah. <laughs> Who did you like out of the carnival? Um, I mentioned before Bodie Ryan. I think he's elevated yeah. his his chances now. I, I can't help but not um, love the way Mil McC- Will McCabe plays. Okay. Um, uh, playing as a key defender, he's still a little bit undersized to play key back, but he just anticipates the ball and intercepts so well. Um, he did a, a really good job after quarter time on the best player in the draft or the second best player in the draft, and that's Jed Walter, the big key forward from the Allies who everyone's raving about. That's mm. the best key forward in the comp. And um, Jed got a hold of 
our team and, and sort of Will early in that game. But um, once Will identified uh, a different way to play Jed, um, he actually beat him in the contest that he was involved in after that game. So I'm hoping that Will will take a lot of confidence out of that performance and, and I'm sure the AFL clubs have watched that game closely. Um, so I was really pleased for, for Will to get it done at national level after playing so well as a, an overage in 16s last year. Mm. Um, and the other one who um, I've mentioned came a call if he just worked his butt off as a midfielder who needed a bit more help. And the other guy who um, I just love coaching, that's Locke Rawlinson from Sturt, oh, yeah. who plays as our high forward and um, everyone who watches and AFL and listens to commentary will understand that the high forward is the most difficult role to play Unforgiving, at, isn't at, it? at national mm. level and at AFL level. Those those boys and girls who play that role just uh, have to do so much unrewarding running um, for team offense and team def- defense shape as well. And Locke did that perfectly. Um, he could have, I just wish he had kicked a few more goals. He had some chances. He missed some goals he probably should have kicked. Um because when those guys do the amount of work they do, you would like for them to kick, you know, one or two mm. goals a game just to get a bit of personal, some personal recognition. But certainly inside our walls, inside our players and our coaches, um, yeah, his work was recognised every week. So he's only a little fella, but he can run already at AFL um, standards. Um, his skills are sound. He's competitive. Uh, he, he rolls his sleeves up, likes to get dirty. So, you know, I'm hoping that an AFL club – will um, give an opportunity uh, later on this year. I'm sure he'll perform well for um, PAC and Sturt for the rest of this year. Indeed. Look forward to seeing him and Will McCabe uh, continue to progress as the season goes on. Um, SA under-16 side, the Torrens University SA under-16s, uh, yeah, uh, Interesting carnival. Obviously, had one excellent win and then a couple of narrow losses in which they were pretty unlucky, really. Um, the scoreboard um, probably told the story, really. Uh, missed shots on goal uh, was to their detriment, but um, some really good signs. Yeah, you've summed it up well. I mean, game one against WA was just a wasted opportunity, not, not just for us. Both teams kicked poorly that day. Uh, but we certainly had our chances um, t- to win in that on that day over in um, in Perth in game one, uh, and you sort of everyone's flat after losing um, a game like that with a small margin, knowing that it could have been so different. Mm-hmm. And you just hope after that day, and I remember coming back in the plane, you just hope that you just hope that doesn't hurt us at the end of the champs. Yeah, and, and, it, and it actually did. So uh, it was a good lesson, good lesson for everyone involved, the players and coaches, and uh, how important it is to finish your work when you get the ball inside fifty. Um, but to the to the sixteens credit, after that game, um, got back on the horse and had a an unbelievably comprehensive performance. So good in the country. Wet, yeah, that right? was. I, I reckon. Re- Rocket up to the uh, to the game and get into the coach's box and looking down on the oval and thinking this is perfect <laughs> conditions for Vic, Cap- Vic yeah. Country, um, but our boys, yeah, they were faultless that day. It was mm. a pleasure to watch. Just the way they flicked the ball around and put it through the corridor. But even if they did <clears> have a slight fumble, they'd knock it into a really dangerous area or into the path of a teammate and keep the ball moving. Yeah, well, that that was wasn't by design. That that was <laughs> probably more about luck. But you're right, we. Um, we were much cleaner, and it was it was a great lesson for our players of the importance of the skill fundamentals of the game, mm. because um, 
when it's dry, you can you can still win games with poor fundamentals, but when it's wet like that, you can get found out. So uh, it was again the the vision that we cut up and the coaches got to work with on that oval to um, just emphasise how important it is on clean ball take and and executing the simple skills of the game better than the opposition. And our boys did that that day. Dyson Sharp uh, won the Kevin Sheehan medal as the best player in the competition. So a terrific reward for him. And he was brilliant <laughs> right the way through. Uh, yeah, Dyson was uh, was magnificent as a player and as a leader, uh, as a young man. Um, Central Districts and, and his family should be really, really proud hmm. of what Dyson's done, not just this year, but last year as a bottom age player. Um, playing uh, all games last year as a bottom age and getting recognised with all Australian selection. You'd imagine that that would happen again, um, given it happened last year. And the, the AFL will announce that at the end of this week, I think it is. Um, but he was so far in front of his teammates in terms of um, uh, performance across all three games. He was uh, exceptional on all three, which mm. is very, very rare. Um, to do that at such a high level under extreme pressure as a good player and a captain. Um, so he should be really, really proud, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's um, sliding up to uh, play under-18 sample footy for Centrals sometime mm-hmm. soon. He's a big body for a midfielder, and he's probably still growing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's yeah he's still growing. He's big for us. I wouldn't say he's he would be overly big for his size across Australia. And okay. Again, up, while up on the Gold Coast, I was – Lucky enough to go and watch a couple of the uh, the academy games. I watched um, Brisbane play Sydney and and a couple of Gold Coast Suns games and NT game. And again, I come back to the different body sizes and shapes of these guys interstate. They seem to be bigger than us mm. for whatever reason. So Dyson, while he was big in our team, is just an average size midfielder across okay. Australia. So now he's gonna he can't rely on his size and strength to. Um, to get him noticed in games anymore. He's going to have to find um, ways to continue his uh, evolution as a footballer in terms of his skill execution, his ability to impact the game, um, both with the ball and without the ball. And I'm sure he will do that. He's, he's a pleasure to coach, pleasure to be involved with. I can't wait to work with him uh, in the under-18s next year. Could keep chatting all night long, I reckon, mate, but uh, we've got to wind it up, so... No problem, <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in, Checkside Chats. We do appreciate it as always and uh, keep up the good work. It's an exciting space that you're working in and uh, we're looking forward to that uh, Torrens University SA Under-18 team next year. It's going to be an absolute beauty. Yeah, no worries, Zach. It's always good to come in here. And um, if I can, I just want a, a big shout out to all of our staff who work inside our Talent Pathway programs at 16s and 18s level. They do a, an enormous job. Um to help us provide a, a really good elite, pro, elite program and environment for our players. So thank you to all of our staff. Keep this one low. Shillabeer again attacked it. There's Draper. First touch for him. Brooksby and Harvey again. Brooksby gets to the front. Wins that one. Draper. Hands were quick. Goes back and gets his own ball a second time. Might get it back here, Sampson. He does now, Draper. Another good release handball see much wrong with that. It's going to end up with Draper anyway. Sid Draper who lit up the under-18 state championships. Sends this one. Craig kind of came off the side of the boot. Harvey tried the volley. And there's Sid Draper. Beautiful kick. 
delivered to Shoeback. You're going to get today. The Roosters just with a hit and hope out of defence. Bounce at the top of Draper. Gets it back from the big Ruckman Brooksby. Those two working well in tandem. Draper, ball sits for him nicely. Hits the brakes. He's got Heaslip forward of him. The kick is high. He's got to fall into the lap of Ben Heaslip. Running on further is Rogers. Going to find him as well. It can't. It comes up short. He falls over just at the crucial time where they did everything right up until the last kick. Pickles, there'll be plenty of people singing the praises of Sid Draper over his career, but that kick was perfect to Heaslip. Just didn't even need to break stride. It was outstanding. Well, Sid, uh, some pretty impressive commentary there. Yeah, well, uh, it was a fun day and got the didn't get the job done, but you know, I tried my best, I guess. <laughs> As you always do. Um, what was the experience like for you? Oh, it was unreal. Um, I'm sort of still letting it sink in a bit, but... I don't know. It, was like, it felt like an AFL debut. It was that special? <laughs> why did it? Why did it feel so special? Because it's been a, it's sort of been a dream, or dream and a goal of mine for quite a while. And you know, an Indigenous round, it was just you know, it felt really, really, really good. Did you think it would come so soon? Only seventeen years of age. No, I, it as I said, it was a goal, but I didn't know. I didn't think it would happen like this early. I was expecting maybe next year get a crack, but. You know, I'm very fortunate to be uh, for Jared to pick me up and let me play. Let's talk about the game in a sec, but you touched on there, Jared, picking you to play. Um, how did you find out that you would be making your Host Plus Sample League debut? Well, it was uh, pretty funny and pretty pretty special. Uh, we were in the change rooms and, uh, you know, we are just going through last week's game and then as it was my birthday that day, right. um, he calls me up. And he tells me to sit on the sit on the floor and hands me a laptop and it's an incoming FaceTime call from my brother Arlo, um, and he he goes through how he uh, didn't get me anything for my birthday, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then he then he said he talked with Jared Buff and he said uh, they arranged to give me my first league debut, and yeah, so that was that was the moment, and it was a it was a pretty special one. Did you think they were? Um, having you on or like, and the, I guess the birthday element as well meant that it, um, it probably felt like something to do with that. Yeah. I, I thought, I personally thought he was just going to embarrass me when <laughs> I sing me happy birthday or something. <laughs> that was the first, cause that was definitely something he'd do, but I was completely unbeknownst to what was going on. <laughs> and what did you feel like when you realized what was unfolding? Oh, it was, it was just shock. I was, it was like a deer in headlights really. It was, if you've seen the video, I was I was flabbergasted, really. And, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, and the boys cheered and everything, and it was just really good. Uh, so, does Arlo have a tendency to do that to you? Just embarrass you? Yeah, he, he loves to get on my nerves a bit. <laughs> you know, he's a sort of the funny guy, so loves to make everyone laugh. Is that what would happen at home you know, as you're growing up as kids? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's not really pranks, but you know, just little jokes and stuff. Little. The quick one-liners that'll, you know, not put me down, but you know, make make everyone laugh and, and stuff. So, he uh, sat in that very chair a couple of years ago, leading into his draft year, and of course, he's over there playing uh, with Collingwood at the moment on the list there, which is excellent and yeah. continuing to develop. Um, 
from the footy and the serious side of things, what what has he passed on to you? Um, he's passed on me a couple things. He's he's told me to use my strengths. He he really wants me to you know drive out of contests and you know use my one word, which is my speed and agility. Um, he's also given me contest tips. Okay. Which, um, you know, stay on the run, but also time time what I'm doing. Um, yeah, those, those, those are the main ones. And from a not really specific playing, just enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. just don't take it too seriously. Like right now, like yeah. it's going to be a lot of football ahead. So just yeah, enjoy yeah. it. He has always spoken highly of you. Cause I remember him sitting in that same chair and talking about younger brother, Sid, who's coming through the ranks and he's the one to keep an eye out for, not me. So. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's lovely. He's, he's really nice. He's always been supportive of my footy even now. Yeah. He always tunes into every every game he can watch. So yeah. it's great to have a, a support like him. And is he, importantly as well, has he told you how to deliver a Domino's pizza? Or, he, he, does or like, <laughs> he does love to brag how good he was. He, <laughs> he say maybe he was better at cutting pizzas than he is at footy, but, you know, he's... Yeah, he, in the car when he'd take me to footy and stuff, he'd he'd let me know how good he was on the on the uh, roller yeah. the night before. So, yeah. and um, are you like yeah? In terms of work wise outside of school, are you or are you just so consumed with footy that you're just really nailing down and not going to go down that path as yet? Yeah, I will. Currently, I don't uh, have a job right now because it's just been so difficult with champs and then straight going into the ones so it's Mm, pretty mm. difficult but I'm trying to find one that can maybe balance out because training three days a week and then it doesn't leave much room for no for a part-time job but I'm I'm trying to yeah and you're holding down year 11 at Cardine College how's that going it's going good we uh finished a couple weeks ago so I'm on holidays now I had exams um for English and nutrition uh, nutrition is one that I'm sort of pretty, pretty good with. I like okay. it. Um, really helps me, helps me footy wise. Oh, and, indeed. Yeah. Um, and post school, I'm hoping to either do maybe something in uni with a teaching degree. Okay. Or if not, maybe a psychology, sports psychology route, which mm-hmm. pretty interested about. That's what Arlo's doing up in right. Melbourne and he's getting into that, so... Yeah. Hope I can pick him, pick his brain about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What's in? What do you find interesting about the psychology route? Well, just how important it is to in a sporting field to have uh, mental strength and you know everything mindset wise. So to to learn about the psychology around you know, what goes on, mm. pretty intriguing to me. As would be the nutrition side of things too. Um, What's your favourite sort of go-to dish and, and how do you sort of look after you, yourself with your food during the week? Give us an insight. So my go-to meal would be the spaghetti bolognese, always. Uh, Dad loves to cook one up before a game. But yeah, got to get at least 15 serves of carbs yeah, right. a, a day and around 120 grams of protein okay. a day. So uh, if I can meet that, meet that sort of uh, point, and I'm pretty happy with yeah. my food consumption for the day. What are some of the other things you like to eat to get to those levels? Yeah, I love my pasta, my cereals, um, and also my pies. Okay. What yeah. sort of pies? It's a cheese and bacon pie. Nice. That's a, my favourite With too. a Kransky as well. Oh, 
Jeez. So, yeah, it's uh, it, I love it. It's tasty and yeah. it's good. Dad just brings them home each day and yeah. eat them up. Is that because you're just burning so much energy and yeah. through your training so hard that that's just not going to make any difference to the skin fold, basically? <laughs> basically yeah. And at your age, I suppose, growing too. So. Yeah, fast metabolism, so yeah. They just go straight through me. Yeah, it'd be nice if I had the same uh, <laughs> same fortune at this age. I tell you, it was good back in the day. That's for sure. Um, the debut. Um, just getting back to that. Um, yeah. How did you find the speed of it? Uh, only seventeen years of age and playing against men much older and stronger than you. Well, it was definitely a big, big step up. Um, very, very intense and physical. But as I um, said before outside uh it was quite a boggy day quite a so that sort of slowed it down a bit made okay. it a bit more of a contested game but definitely the i could tell the speed there was just something i haven't experienced before mm-hmm. and i i went on i went on and i got an early touch and I, I thought it was all right but i didn't i didn't find too much of the football but i just think i, I coped well with it and i had the boys around me which really yeah. really supported me and you know let me know what I'm doing, what I need to do, and that really helped. I thought, I thought the touches you're probably playing it down a bit. The touches you did have were all really nice and clean, and they were effective. Most importantly, and a couple of your field kicks were just sensational, just hitting guys on the chest and without having to break stride. So you must have been pleased in the conditions to nail a couple of those kicks. Oh, thank you very much. But uh, yeah, they, um, I had a talk with some of the boys before, and they said just just play a game, you know. And one of the main messages before the game was just do the basics right, you know, the the simple things. It's going to be a wet, sloggy day, so just get those right. And that's what I tried to focus on, really. Yeah. Uh, do you get much of a, um, uh, I guess, a, a pasting from the opposition verbally or physically or getting into the 17-year-old kid? I didn't have much verbal, <laughs> but definitely a couple physical ones. Mm. Like one time in the in the forward line, I was just holding off my opponent. I copped a big whack in the yeah. chest and then running to a stoppage, I copped another one, which I, I didn't do anything about. I just thought, oh, this is, this is normal, getting, <laughs> to the, getting the 17-year-old. But mm. oh, it was good. It was good fun. And in all seriousness, you're playing against guys like that have come off AFL lists like Sam Mays and mm. who's on Port Adelaide's list last year playing AFL footy and Aaron Young and McGarry Bedalist and the like. So to come up against that sort of calibre of player, it's just wonderful for your development, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. It's going to hold me in great stride for next year. I reckon I'm very, very privileged to be able to play against and with um, ex-AFL players like Gibber and Matty Broadman. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. It's going to help me a lot. That was my next question. You must be learning a lot from having those guys on your team. So Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great at trainings. That They're all really nice and they all help me out and they drive elite standards. So mm. I'm having to go up to their level, which is really, really good. So I know Bryce Gibbs is heavily involved in the development in his role at South Adelaide as well as a player. Um, mm. What's he done for your development? He's just been, you know, one of the biggest support at South because um, I've been, uh, I've been with him since about under sixteens. You know, he's he's watched me and he's just given given me a lot of support going up through. And when I first came into league, he was he was really really nice to me and sort of told me to not worry and just he'd look out for me. Hmm. So he's like a guardian angel, I guess. <laughs> and I guess as well, he's 
probably had taken a similar path as well. There were big raps on him yeah. coming through as a youngster and similar role as a midfielder too. So um, he can really help you out with um, managing those expectations. Yeah, for sure. And next year um, I'll definitely be picking his brain with how to cope with you know, the pressures of media and whatnot. So, um, yeah, he'll be a great help for me. Yeah, oh, that's terrific. Um, rest of the, I guess, now things turn around pretty quickly. Uh, stirred at Wigan Oval this weekend. Hopefully you hold the spot. <laughs> yeah, that that's the plan. I, I hope so. But I've heard and seen Sturt a very strong side. So hopefully we can you know, get over the top and it'll be a great win. And yeah. yeah. And I guess now... From the rest of the season, national champs have finished. We'll touch on that in a minute. But um, you can really focus on having a strong end to the season with the Panthers and hopefully string some more games of league footy together. Yeah, well, if I'm fortunate enough to keep my spot, that'd be really good. And if not, I'm happy, more than happy to go back to the 18s. And As would Mark Clayton be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, if we can win a premiership for the 18s. Oh, be pretty special. I'll be yeah, missing those boys. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, how have they been in terms of um, you playing league footy? They must have been over the moon for you. Oh yeah, they've been they've been really nice and you know showing me a lot of love and support, which made it so much easier and so good. And you know, I have friends that you know really care yeah. for what I'm doing. Yeah, oh, that's terrific. Uh, the national championships campaign playing as an underage. You, got the opportunity to play in all four games, which is no mean feat for someone in their bottom age year, and you've performed really well in all four of them. You must have been pleased with your carnival as a whole. Yeah, thank you. I um, yeah, I absolutely love the, the carnival, being able to luckily play all four games, go to Melbourne and Perth. It was absolutely special, and um, yeah, I was pretty pleased with my performance, aimed for consistency, and I'm, I think I hit that, and you know, I had a lot of good talent around me to help me get get to what I wanted for goals-wise. Mm. It hasn't been announced yet, but uh, in my opinion, I'd say you'd be very hard-pressed to be beaten as the MVP for the Torrens Uni SA Under-18 team. But uh, I was talking to Bangers a little bit earlier. We can't, scratching your head, can't ever remember an underager being SA's MVP. So it would be no mean feat if you were to be awarded that. Oh, yeah, it would be... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would, I would love it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to someone like Kane McCullough for Will Patton. Yep. They had an absolutely great carnival as well. Consistent. Yeah, yeah. they were very good. And Pato especially was a great leader for us, even if we didn't, mm. didn't have the results we wanted. Yeah, definitely drove for the leadership. Yeah. And, and I guess it gives you an insight, the whole carnival, into what to expect for next year in terms of the standard and the level to get to. And, and you can be, I guess, a torchbearer to the youngsters coming through as if you have some bottom ages as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what Pato um, and the leadership group as a whole, they, they definitely were great supports. So they all played last year's bottom ages. So I hope to learn from them and sort of do the same because... I know going into it, I was very nervous and very, uh, not scared, but yeah, bit bit nervous about the big stage. So yeah. hopefully I can ease off some tension for some possible bottom majors next year. Yeah, and it's looking exciting, isn't it? Because yeah. we had, what, six or seven 
um, bottom ages playing this year and guys like Tyler Welsh and Louis yeah. Montgomery and yourself and Phoenix Hargrave, a South Adelaide teammate mm. of yours. And then you've got guys that didn't play like the Camparelli twins and just sitting there and it's going to be an exciting crop next oh, year. I can't it, wait. It's a great bunch of boys, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, me and Dad were talking about it. it's going to be a very, very fun year just because, mm. you know, we're very last – because we were the premiers for the 16s champs. So mm-hmm. it's just a great bunch of – bunch of people is it's going to be so much fun yeah are you already is there a bit of a ripple amongst you all like you're already looking forward to it yeah well nothing said in stone yet but yeah we've definitely talked about how how fun it's going to be and you know getting to catch up with them because I, I don't really see them mm-hmm. other than Saturdays when we do play yeah. them so to be able to connect with them again and hopefully uh play with them would be Awesome. Something about special about South Aussies getting together, isn't it? We sort of go out there with a bit of a chip on our shoulder yeah, as sure a smaller do. state and and work really well as a team, don't we? We sure do, yeah. Like when we when we played Vic Country it was just you know, came off a couple of losses but mm. you know, we just went out there, enjoyed the moment, had a bit of fun. That's what happened. We we top toppled those Vicks. Yeah. So it's good. Well, hopefully we see a bit more of it next year and look forward to joining you for the ride and we'll see how it unfolds. Sounds Sid, good. How'd you find it? It was good. All right. Yeah, it was very good. Thank you. <laughs> Reckon you did better than Arlo? I don't know. He, I, I remember him. He was he was quite quite good on the on the um, podcast and stuff yeah. and he's a good speaker, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, so are you. Well done, mate, and uh, thank you for your time and all the best for the rest of the year. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on Checkside Chats. Stay tuned for the next episode when we review the SA Under-18 Girls National Championships campaign with Sample female talent manager Robbie Neal.